Welcome to A Slob Comes Clean, the podcast. I'm Dana K. White. I blog over at aslobcomesclean.com. That's where I share my personal deslobification process. As I figure out ways to keep my own home under control, I share the truth about cleaning and organizing strategies that actually work in real life for real people, people who don't love cleaning and organizing. Thanks for joining me today. This is podcast number 268, I think. Let me check real quick. Yeah, it is. And I am calling it Decluttering Paralysis and Moving. So this is a strategy session with one of my patrons. And Decluttering Paralysis was already what we were going to talk about when she had initially applied. But by the time we actually did the session, she was about to move like really, really soon after that. So that obviously um, increases the pressure for decluttering. And then you add in decluttering paralysis and overwhelm and all that. And um, I think it was a really good session. I think you're going to be able to apply things uh, that we talked about in your own home. So if you want to know more about being a patron of the show, joining the super secret Facebook group and applying to at some point, possibly do one of these sessions, uh, go to patreon.com slash a slob comes clean. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash a slob comes clean. And here's our session. I am here with Laura. How are you, Laura? I'm great. How are you? I'm good. I'm excited (laughs) that we're talking today that we're having this opportunity. Let me get my notes pulled up. I have a new question that I'm asking, and that is... How did you get introduced to A Slob Comes Clean? Well, I believe that you popped up on Amazon as a suggestion. Um, So I bought your book in Kindle format and, and then first book and then the Audible version. And then I went to your website and... I actually don't know how long ago that was, but it was years ago. It's less than four years. Yeah, it's fewer than four years because my um, first book came out on election day, presidential election day in 2016. So we know that it's about to hit the four year mark because we're about to have another election day. So, um, okay. Well, um, and what are, are the podcasts your number one thing that you do or read the blog or, or what is it that helps you the most? I, I read the blog. I listen to the podcast, but um, I, I put the rules up on my refrigerator. <laughs> I just, and I try to hear your voice. Um, <laughs> I, I read your e- emails and I try to do uh, for some reason, just reading your, your posts works for me. Yeah. I think, I think that the, the helpful thing about the newsletter is just, it kind of comes to you on a regular basis. At least that's what I hope. And that's what I hear from people is it's like, you know, you may just be going throughout your day and then all of a sudden something appears in your email box and makes you go, Oh yeah, focus. So that's my hope at least. Um, Okay. So tell me what is the number one strategy that's had the biggest positive impact on your home? Well, the, what's the starting point? was run the dishwasher every night. Yeah. That just was a concept to me that was foreign because, oh, no, it has to be full. Uh, mm. <laughs> the dishwasher has to be full before I run it. Not just full, like overly full. 
doing the dishes every night, I you gave like permission for me to do that. Um, is so. <laughs> and can you <laughs> tell was, a big difference in how it helps your kitchen to function? It does. It just uh, it's so much easier to unload. It, it keeps the dishes getting into the cupboard. It gets them off the counter. It's so much faster and just it's a good turnover. It, there's no, oh, this doesn't fit right now, so I'm just gonna leave it on the counter because this is almost all the way full and I haven't run it, so I'm gonna run it at night. So yeah. it and so there's that. And so most everything always fits and uh I generally have my stuff I hand washed so Yeah. And so, I was gonna do that anyway. What's your what's your unique like life situation as far as are you married? Do you have kids? How you know where are you in life? I am married. I am married to my first and my second husband. <laughs> if you <laughs> you should explain because that. Yeah. Yes, I should <laughs> because we were married. Uh, we got a divorce, and then after seven years, we got remarried. So. That's really great. <laughs> I love it. So is it just the two of you? Yes, we're, we're um, I guess, empty nesters. We have a daughter who is giving us grandchildren, and we're, our second child is in progress. Grandchild is in the oven, mm -hmm. and so we're excited. We're, we're excited to be grandparents. That's wonderful. Okay, so, all right, what was the second strategy that has helped you the most? Uh, this is the one that goes through my head constantly. Do the easy stuff. Do the easy stuff. Do the easy stuff. Even after I've done the easy stuff most of the time, something else in like the second or third wave of an area where because I have a quite a backlog of that we're dealing with right now. Uh, we're oh the other thing is is we're moving. Yes. Would yes. We'll talk about that in your questions. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Which so, is a whole interesting thing. I know. <laughs> yeah. So, so doing the easy stuff um, is helping me right now. And I'm the container concept is something I hadn't quite, I'm still struggling with. Okay. And, we can talk about that. So let's talk about, let's go ahead and talk about moving. Um, you had sent me an email this morning kind of saying you wanted to, you know, change one of your questions um, to talk about moving because that's where you are right now. I know that's something a lot of people have dealt with. So kind of give me your, uh, a couple of the things that I, I noticed from the email that you sent were you've lived in your house for a really long time for 24 years. Okay. That's a long time for stuff to accumulate. Other things are you have some storage available that you're putting things in. Um, but also you are not necessarily moving straight to your next final home. You're going to be living in an RV for a while. Is that correct? Yes, we are. Okay. Okay. So give me some details around those things that might help me understand a little bit better what your situation is. And what okay. your question is. So uh, at the house on the property, we have two storage sheds. One's my husband, one's mine, or one's the houses. And um, this is the so house that you're moving out of? The one we're moving out of. Okay. We actually have 
no furniture in here except for a bed. Um, and uh, we, I have to be out in less than two weeks. Okay. And I still have a, a large amount of backlog of storage of paper and in the shed and household items that I haven't used in ever, probably. And then in the house where we've done a lot of packing uh, and tried to weed out stuff, but now I'm stuck with, oh, these are my really kind of my favorite things because I'm they're still here and I don't know whether I should let them go because they're tiny little bowls or whatever. And I don't think moving them is cost effective because okay. they're going to be in storage and but it's like they're my favorite but I don't okay know. <laughs> okay so how long are you thinking you'll be in the RV do you have a plan at this point for that well our daughter is due in March okay and we're going to go stay out on the ranch that she lives at so we're going to stay out on that property and we're going to go do some RV and some na the national park so the RV will be your home for what I'm trying to do math here, five to six months, possibly. At, yeah, at least. At least. Okay. Well, here, here's the thing to know for sure is that you are going to have a very different perspective at the end of those five months. So letting yourself know that, Hey, I'm going to learn a lot about what I need and what I have to have over the course of five months living in an RV, like, you know, it's, it's an adventure and it's exciting, but you know, as someone who has struggled with clutter and not being sure what to do with stuff or what kind of stuff you need to keep, it's going to be like going to clutter college, living in that RV, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's complete, yeah, opposite yeah. Of I mean, I, because I hear from people a lot, I've never been in that situation, but I do hear from a lot of people who they have stories based around temporarily living in a very small space where they literally could not have all their stuff. And they went, Oh, I can actually function fine with this many bowls and this many, you know, things. Let's talk about our sponsor ritual. Do you really know what's in your multivitamin? Here's what I personally like about ritual. I can see on their website exactly what's in my multivitamin and exactly where each ingredient comes from. And the very first thing I noticed when I started taking them a few months ago is I don't have to hold my nose to get all those ingredients into me. Ritual vitamins have a mintiness that makes them so easy for me to take. Here's what one of y'all, my listeners, told me about your experience with Ritual. Ritual vitamins are amazing. They have a strong mint flavor and it's so much better than fish burps. I've been taking them for years. I love hearing that experience of years of loving this product. Ritual is the multivitamin reimagined. Ritual is formulated with key nutrients, including vitamin D3 to help fill gaps in the diet. Their fresh tasting delayed release capsules are designed to dissolve later in less sensitive areas of the stomach so you can take them with or without food. And Ritual is made traceable. You'll always know where your nutrients come from thanks to Ritual's one-of-a-kind visible supply chain. You deserve to know what's in your multivitamin. That's why Ritual is offering my listeners 10% off during your first three months. Visit Ritual. 
com slash clean to start your ritual today. Again, ritual is offering my listeners 10% off during your first three months. Visit ritual.com slash clean to start your ritual today. So is your RV already furnished? Like as far as do you already have all the bowls and everything that you want in there? I don't think I, I've been taking a look at it in that. Uh, okay, is, it, is it an RV that you've used before? Yes. Okay. Here's, here's what I would do is just to, first of all, with the container concept, it ultimately comes down to accepting the realities of the space that you live in. And the space you live in means the space that you live in right now. Okay. Now you're in a weird situation because you know that you're not going to live in this small space forever. But for now, you need to accept the realities of the fact that for a pretty decent amount of time, like about half a year, you're going to live in this very small space. And so these things that you love to use, you know, maybe they're not, I think you defined it in your email as, you know, they're not expensive bowls, but you really love them. They're the ones you use all the time. So pack up the RV that you're going to live in for six months with the stuff that you love the most. And so if there's, if you haven't used the RV in a while and it's got old cast off, you know, bowls, mixing bowls that you just kind of threw out there because you didn't need it in the house. Well, now's the time for you to say, I'm going to live in there for six months. I'm going to take my favorite bowls. But as you take them out to the RV, you need to one in one out them because the reality of the space in the RV is that you don't, you can't keep it all and you don't want to keep it all because you want to be able to, you know, embrace this time of living with less stuff. And so, you know, if, if there's something you love, then you should keep it but it does come down to the space. And so if you love it and you want to keep it, then something else has to go to make the space for that. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. The container concept is going to hit me like a ton. Of oh, it will. Well, and I think, I think that's the key to moving is going ahead and embracing the next container, meaning the container that you're moving into. You don't know exactly what the house is going to be like, but you do know where you're going to be living for the next six months, you know how big it is. And so pack embracing for that container of the RV. There's no reason to pack up your favorite stuff and use junky stuff that you didn't even like, or you don't even know what's out there for the next six months, you know, get your good stuff that you like, take it out there, get rid of the stuff, you know, that that stuff can go be donated, you know, that was out there that you didn't like as much um, and embrace that container and give yourself the very best learning environment. It's like, you know, it's like my kid who just left for college. You know, we try to do everything in a way where this is going to, you're going to be in a learning environment. Let's set it up as best we can for you to learn most easily. Okay. And then once you have the stuff that, okay, I use every single day, I'm going to be using this in the RV, then you have the storage units that, like, what kind of storage units are you going to have to keep your stuff in until you actually move into your real house? Uh, Well, we have one of the largest, the 10 by 20, and then we have a something less than that. I don't know if it's a five by 10 or eight by 10. And these are ones that you've already rented in the space in the area where you're moving? No, they're just local here where we're moving. We moved out of the house. Okay. So are you leaving the stuff there where you are now until you actually get a house or what? Yeah. Okay. 
if, so that's where your stuff is going to live for the next six months, correct? Yes. Okay. So that's your container basically is, you know, what are the things that we absolutely know we're going to need in any house that we have? You have you already moved your furniture into them? A lot of those stuff that we're keeping. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So you've, you've moved your favorite furniture there and the stuff that you actually have in your house that you live in that you use on a regular basis, that's not going to go in the RV. That'll go in there next. And then after that, it can only fit how much, well, it can only fit how much it can only fit anyway, you know, but once that stuff that you have to have is in there, then that determines as you go through these other storage units that are on your property right now, right? Is that what you're saying? You've got storage units that you're going to have to clean out? Yeah. Yes. I mean, it, it's, it's a really good time for you to go, do I really want to take stuff that has been stored for all these years, I don't even know what's in there, and move it to another storage unit to right. pay money for, you know, it was one thing when it sat in a storage unit on your property and you weren't necessarily paying extra for it, right? Right. But, you know, is this stuff worth it to me to pay? You know, how full are the storage units that you have already rented? Well, yeah, my husband is taking charge of that. So the big one is pretty full and the smaller one is full, but that one got filled up with stuff that wasn't, isn't really supposed to be there. So there's some furniture items that I was planning on donating, but we had to move out in a day and I hadn't quite got through purging some of the stuff that was in there. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm not going to take like the filing cabinets and things like that. So really some of that stuff needs to be purged in order to have room. Yeah. Yeah. So I have some room. I'm going to have to, once we get out from this crunch, I I, and I'm doing more purging from that. Yeah. Well, and it's tough when you have that timeline and when you have that, you know, quick time that you have to deal with stuff, but I mean, it's, that's where ruthlessness is going to come in to be your best friend, you know, just to realize, okay, you know, and it might be a trip over to that storage unit and taking pictures and putting them on Facebook and saying free, you know, just if you personally don't have the either physical energy or the time to load up a truck and drive it to be donated and all that kind of stuff, um, you might even talk to a a local thrift store or a donation place and see if they can do a pickup at the storage unit to get that stuff out of there so that then you can know, okay, this is, this is going to determine what you can keep because the only spaces you're going to have are that RV for your everyday stuff. So take the stuff that you love and then those storage units. So you really, you really want to get that stuff that you already know you don't want out of there, right? Because it's yeah. really, otherwise it's stuff shifting. It's just stuff shifting because you're just moving it from place to place, even though, you know, uh, probably don't need this or whatever. So, you know, either set up a a pickup to meet them there or go. And do you feel like you have, you know, people locally who could, um, who you'd be willing to say, Hey, does anybody want this stuff? Like on Facebook or something? Okay. Yeah. 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 I can, I, we just actually started from selling some things on Facebook. Yeah. Well, and and as you get, as you get closer on this deadline, you know, there's going to be times where you may just need to go price it really cheap or, Hey, just come get it. I just need it gone because it, time is going to be of the essence because you've got to get those two big storage units cleaned out. And 
you know, out of that, if, if stuff is set in there forever, it's probably going to be very little that you really do need to keep, don't you think? I think, though, it, uh, the, all the in, intention of, you know, the memorabilia. Yeah. You know, it's tough. That, that stuff is sort of like, oh. Yeah. Well, it, again, that's where the container concept comes in, is you take your favorite stuff first. And if your favorite stuff is the memorabilia, I mean, obviously fits in the storage unit. You haven't needed it. You know, that it's not been a daily life kind of a need. So you take your favorite memorabilia and you go put it in the storage unit, you know, and you, you load up with all the things that we really, really, really think we have to keep. You take them to the storage unit. You put your favorite ones from the truckload into the storage unit. And once that's full, then the stuff that's left in the truck, you realize, oh, that actually can't fit and neither can the other stuff there. And it just makes your decision easier. Do you see what I'm saying? Because, but then when you go back, you realize I couldn't even fit all the stuff that I did take with me, whether it was the first or second or third trip or something, I couldn't even fit all of that. So everything that I left here that didn't make that first load of very favorite stuff, it, it's going to look different to you. You know, otherwise you could put a price on it and say, are we willing to spend, you know, however much, I mean, how much is one of those storage units? It averages out to $250. Okay. Each. each. So $250, you're making me do a lot of math today. <laughs> $250 times, let's say minimum five months is $1,250. Okay. So if you put that price tag on it and you look at that storage space that you're cleaning out to go put in another storage space, we're not even considering the amount of money that it would actually cost for you to move it to your new home, which you said was a thousand right. miles away, you know, so, so that's a, it's probably a whole nother U-Haul, you know, so you have to consider that. So if you start, if you put that $1,200 50, wait, $1,250 price tag on it, it, the stuff is going to look different to you, you know, so go ahead with the space that you already have favorite stuff first. It's got to start with the stuff in your house. Cause that's the stuff you're actually using. Okay. The stuff that you actually use on a regular basis, put that in there first. And then if you find something as you're doing that final clean out of the storage spaces on your property right now, if you find something that you didn't see at first, it's not the end of the world. You just have to one and one out it in this storage space. Do you see what I'm saying? So like, let's say at the very back, that was the baby stuff of your daughters that you forgot you even had. And oh my goodness, I can't possibly get rid of that. Just because you'd already filled up that container, it doesn't mean that you can't keep that stuff. You can't keep that and everything that was in the container. You just take that and you go back to the container and you're like, okay, what in here do I care less about than this baby stuff of my daughter's that was in the back that I really, really can't even bear the thought of getting rid of, you know? And so, and then you take, remove enough to make space for that. Does that help you with the container concept? Yes. And I, uh, I know that's kind of how it works, but I get so overwhelmed. Stuck. Yeah. yeah, I get stuck. I, I mean, get overall, I, especially if I'm touching something, yeah. it's, it's like somehow somebody else touching it. Is so well, cool. so here, here's, here's the thing is boundaries are a relief. 
Okay. Because if I view a space that I have, this storage unit that I have to keep stuff, we've already got it in our budget. We don't want to spend another $1,250, but this storage unit is a boundary. Okay. And boundaries are a relief because I think of it as I don't have to make the decision because the boundary is making the hard decision. I don't have to decide, is all this stuff worth keeping? Is this stuff something that I really want to have for the rest of my life? Am I going to regret this? Instead, I'm saying, what fits? And how much, you know, this is the storage unit's fault. It's not me. It's not whether or not I want this stuff. It's not whether or not I value this stuff. It's the reality of the situation that we're living in. And for you, you have an additional boundary of time. You know, how much time do you have before, um, before you have to have those two storage buildings cleared out on your property? So 11 days. Okay. So just like, have you listened to the podcasts um, where I talk about the 14 days to getting ready for guests? Have you listened to those? Where 14 days to getting your house ready to open up to guests? I'm going somewhere. I with have. This, okay. Yeah. So, I have. It's been a while, but yes. I, I even downloaded the yeah, the book. Yeah. So in my mind, that's what same thing I'm thinking of. You have a very set amount of time and that's it. Like it's either you get this done or you leave that stuff there. Right. And probably they've asked you not to leave the stuff there. You know? yeah, so right. yeah, it's right. either, yeah. Or yeah. What? Either Get you go another storage unit, what? you know, it's sort of like, really? <laughs> so, so, so you either get rid of it or it goes in the trash. I mean, that's basically ultimately what your choices are here. Okay. So you either figure out what you're going to do and you're going to go through it. So if you have 11 days, do you um, work during that time or no. are you fully devoted to this project? So let's, let's say the space that you have in your house if you want to actually get to the point where you can go through those two buildings, you've got to get through your house in the next four days. And you need to be finished with the house. Everything, you know, we, we're going to leave room in the storage unit for the bed, but we're leaving the bed here. Everything else is going to be either it donated or in the storage unit within the next three days so that I have eight days to go through these two storage buildings. Okay, because the, the house has to take priority. So I'm saying it's just like in the 14 days to opening your front door. It's the whole point of dividing up and saying, how much time do I have is I can't get off track. Because if I get off track, I'm going to get to my finish line, whether or not I'm ready. And my goal is to be ready before my finish line. Because those guests are going to show up and I'm either going to be embarrassed because my house is a total disaster, or I'm going to be willing to let them in the front door. So for you, those 11 days are going to go by no matter what. So you have to be at a point, you know, where you feel like, okay, we made it. All right. Because it's that, that there's just nothing. I mean, there's no getting around it. Right. I mean, you've signed the contract, they're moving in, they're ready to move in all that kind of stuff. And it's not ideal, but what in life is actually ideal? Nothing. You know, it's, it, this is reality. And sometimes these things are a blessing because it's going to make you go through stuff that you've probably had kind of in the back of your mind for 24 years, you know, <laughs> like right, right. the time that you've lived there. And so if you have those eight days, then you say, okay, for these eight days, I know I'm going to have to pull everything out anyway. You know, I never recommend that, but this is moving. This is not 
you know, this is not just normal decluttering. So I'm going to get everything to where I can see it and I'm going to pick my favorite things and I'm going to just load by load. Would you have a truck or a suburban or regular car yes. or what do you have? Yeah. Okay. Do we have a truck, a Jeep, and a car? Okay. So, <laughs> All right. so if, if you have the truck, say I'm going to do truckload by truckload to the storage unit, but I am going to literally go in priority order according to my very favorite things first. So I've looked through all of this stuff. While I was looking through it, I had a black trash bag for trash because you're going to find trash. Okay. So instead of saying, oh yeah, I'm going to have to go back through here for trash. As you're looking for your favorite stuff, put stuff in the trash. Okay. Because every item that goes in the trash is makes the overall volume of the mess a little bit less overwhelming to you. Okay. So you're, that's an action as well that you're taking to start making some progress. You have a donate box just for things that don't cause you any emotional angst. Okay. Like something that isn't making your breath just kind of go, Oh my goodness. You know, like just have it there in case you run across something that is obvious and easy. Let's talk about one of this episode's sponsors, BetterHelp. If you're struggling with your mental health, I encourage you to check out BetterHelp. It allows you to connect with a licensed professional counselor from home in a safe and private online environment. This means you can get help on your own time and at your own pace. You can schedule secure video or phone sessions, plus chat and text with your therapist. BetterHelp has U.S. licensed therapists across all 50 states. If you're not happy with your counselor for any reason, you can request a new one at any time for no additional charge. You can start communicating in under 24 hours, though I do want to be clear, it's not a crisis line. Your struggles may be different than the ones your neighbors are facing. Through BetterHelp, you have access to broad expertise in the network so you can address your own unique needs. You're not limited to what's available in your local area, and the service is actually available for clients worldwide. You can check out testimonials posted daily on their site. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp, they are recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling, and financial aid is available for those who qualify. Best of all, it's a truly affordable option. I want you to start living a happier life today. As a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com clean. Join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash clean. Let's talk about one of our sponsors, Third Love. With more than 80 sizes, every Third Love bra is made with signature memory foam cups, no slip straps, and a scratch-free band from cups AA to I, including half cups, and bands 30 to 48. You for sure will be able to find the size that fits you perfectly. Y'all, that scratch-free band is my favorite thing about my super comfortable Third Love bras. Itchiness is my personal number one no-go. I don't have to worry about that with Third Love. Not sure about your size? Take Third Love's online Fit Finder quiz to find the size and styles that are right for you. A few simple questions help you find your perfect fit in 60 seconds. Over 15 million women have taken the quiz to date. Third Love helps you identify your breast size and shape and find styles that fit your body. Did you know that shape matters when finding a good fit? 
Third Love knows there's a perfect bra for everyone. So right now they are offering my listeners 10% off your first order. Go to thirdlove.com slash clean now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 10% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash clean for 10% off today. So as you've got your trash bag, your donate box, and you're going through it looking for your favorite, favorite things that you couldn't possibly get rid of. And so fill that your first truckload should be all stuff that you love so much. Now this is after the house is done. Okay. So you've already moved everything out of the house, but you love all of this stuff and you take it over there and you put it in the storage unit. And if there's still room left over, you can go back and get another truckload of very favorite stuff. But by breaking it down that way, it's the difference between deciding these are the things I want to keep and these are the things I have to get rid of. It is heartbreaking for those of us attached to stuff to look at stuff and go, what am I going to get rid of? I mean, right. Do you have uh-huh. that feeling? Yeah. It's like, I look at things yeah. and I just think, I, I don't want to get rid of that. I have memories attached to it. I love that thing, but we're mm-hmm. switching that. And instead we're saying, what am I going to keep? Like, what are the things that I absolutely love? And you're picking your favorites first. So you're not making any final decision about anything, but you're just picking your favorites first. And then you're taking them over there, load by load, truckload by truckload, and seeing what you can fit in there. And at some point, it's going to be full. And at that point, you go back and you say, okay, now I'm making, I'm loading up to take stuff to be donated. And as you do that, there's really not a lot of angst there, okay, because the decisions have already been made and you're just putting things in to be donated. And as you load stuff into the truck, if you run across something that makes you go, oh, no, 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 I can't get rid of this. Well, then that's when you put that in the cab of the truck (laughs) and, (laughs) you know, and after you donate, you go stop by or before whatever, you stop by the storage unit and you say, okay, I've got to keep this. So what in here can I actually get rid of? in order to be able to keep it. So it really, I mean, it's your days are a container. You know, the amount of time that you have is a limit that's going to force you to get stuff done. And I know it's so completely overwhelming at the point where you're sitting there right now. Right. Yeah, it is. Yes. It is. It is. Because it it is. Is. I've been through waves of, yeah. okay, I'm going to pack up my, these, you know, seasonal clothes so that I can go, then that can go. Now I'm like, but I still need room. So now I might have to go through all those seasonal clothes and the, and what I thought were favorites and have go from where you favorite. are right now. I mean, go from where you are right now because you just got to get stuff done. Um, and then as you find that those spaces, those storage things are, are completely full, you know, that's when you want to want out. But the first thing you need to do is put all the stuff that you use on a regular basis in your trailer. You know, go ahead and put stuff in those closets and put stuff in those drawers. And that's going to be your favorite favorites. And even just knowing that your favorite favorites are already gone is going to change how you look at the rest of the stuff that you then have to identify your favorites to put it in the storage unit. Do you know what I mean? Like, because you're going to know those are second tier favorites. They're not your actual favorites because your favorite favorites went into the RV. It's, it's very, very stressful, but it's also an opportunity that I think sometimes those of us, you know, as we live in a house for 20 years, sometimes we, you have to like think back to if you ever, did you ever think 
wistfully about a situation like this that would force you to make these decisions? Like, did you ever think, well, the, if I moved or if I was going to live in an RV, then I would have to make these decisions. I mean, like to me, there's an appeal to that. And so in these moments where it's so yeah. stressful, try to remember the appeal of that, you know, like, okay, this is horrible and I hate it. But at the same time, it's also a blessing, you know? <laughs> it is. And you have to get rid of stuff. And it's like, yeah, that's the whole purpose of my desires and why yeah. I read the books, why I follow you is because yeah. I want to get rid of stuff. Yeah. And now I'm in this position where, oh, so many hard decisions. And boundaries are, are not something I am good with. And uh, well, and, and the, the thing is, if you had enough land to have two big storage units, it's harder to feel the boundaries. But this is a situation where you're going to feel the boundaries because they are going to be hard and fast. And, you know, <laughs> if, if you go beyond these boundaries, then that's $1,250, you know, at least right. at the very, very least. least. Um, okay, so Let's, I want to talk about at least two more things. One of the other things that you had said in your email today was um, uh, something about your like spices and cleaning products and things like that. Can you ask me yeah, that question? Things, yeah. Okay. So the stuff that we are using in the house, but I just don't know um, what to do with They're open, like your flour, your uh, Nestle's chips, uh, chocolate chips, you know, um, just things that are, are good, but I haven't used them up. Um, your olive oils, your expensive vinegars and things yeah. like that. Spices. I'm like, Oh my gosh. And then cleaners. Oh my God. I have bulk buy cleaners for some reason. Mm -hmm. And I have a ton of those. Okay. And I'm like, oh, what do I do? What do I do? Yeah, no, no. I mean, here's the thing. Those are things to don't let yourself get hung up on that in the midst of you needing to get those storage units cleaned out. Like if it came down to it, you could just dump all of those and you don't want to do that. And that's not going to be my advice, but I'm just saying like, don't let those things stop you from keeping on moving through all of the massive stuff that you have to do. So I just want to say, first thing is you know, make sure that you have what you need in your kitchen, in your RV, you know, so <laughs> if, you know, chocolate chips, one bottle of olive oil, that's not too big for the smaller space, you know, a bottle of vinegar. So you'll choose your favorite vinegar that you use the most often and the most different things, you know, and put that in there. And then whatever's left again, um, you know, if you don't want to put it on Facebook, you can send a text group to some friends and just say, Hey, Y'all know we're moving. I have a million cleaning products. I mean, I, so I like speak at a, a mom's group at my church, like on a twice a month basis back when we used to actually meet in person, you know, and um, I, so I get a lot of cleaning products and stuff and sometimes they'll send me what I need, but then they'll send me like a year's supply and I'm like, okay, I don't actually have the room to store that. So I will just take stuff up there. And I mean, people love to get cleaning products to take home. I mean, they, there are people who will take your half a bag of flour. There's people who won't, but there are a lot of people I would, I mean, I would take your half a bag of chocolate chips, you know? <laughs> and so, you know, even if you just like put it all together in one spot and say, Hey, 
send out a text to either a group or to some individuals, especially like young moms and stuff. I mean, sometimes that you could lower somebody's next grocery bill. I mean, I, I used to love anything free. You know, that was part of my problem, but especially those, cons <laughs> especially those consumables and thing, but just say, you know, Hey, I have a ton of cleaning products that have a lot left in them. Do you want to come get them? Or do you want to come get some or whatever? You know I mean? Like that people will take those off of your hands. Okay. Um, cause you don't want to cleaning products. You have to be careful of because you don't want to just throw them all in a garbage bag because that may not be safe, you know? So you do need to be careful of that kind of stuff. But, um, yeah, I take them down. I'm taken to the hazard the household hazardous right. way. Right. But, but if, if it's, if it's an issue of, I just hate to get rid of these things because I know there's still some, you definitely don't want to store your food products and your cleaning products in the storage unit because life happens and we're planning on five months, but we all know life happens and it could be a little bit longer or whatever. So, you know, offer it to people, let them know. I mean, you're moving. Everybody knows. Uh, I went to an auction one time and it was for a couple who'd lived in their house for a really long time. And they were you know, they had a big RV and they were going to um, travel in it. And so they were, instead of just having an estate sale, they had an estate auction and they were, you know, living and everything. I could not believe, now this, I don't want to give you ideas about selling it, but I'm just saying, I could not believe that people were bidding on and like bidding up this box of half used cleaning pro products. Like what my point is, people will take it, like ask them if they want to, and then it will get rid of as many as you can. And then that's that much less of a load that you have to take to the hazardous materials thing, you know, but I think as far as olive oil and vinegar, there are people who will take, you know, some of that. And if they don't, then you at least know, and you're willing to get rid of it. Cause the reality is you cannot store that. Right. 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 Okay. So let's talk about your, um, sentimental attachment a little bit. Okay. That was your first question that you had on your form that you filled out. Right. That's the one where when I touch something and, um, and it's a sentimental, it just becomes immobilized. I become immobilized. I just can't make decisions. I'm overwhelmed. I, okay. Is this specifically sentimental or would you say it's just the whole process of decluttering? I think it's a process even because it, it happens with books. It, I kind of relate it to, um, the way the thing made me feel when mm -hmm. I got it or in sentimental, it's what maybe what even the person means to me mm -hmm. that is sentimental or the experience. I really can relive so much. I am and with a book. It might be on a topic that where I was really immersed in. And so that really feels like it's part of me. And so I feel like I'm giving my, just getting rid of a part of me. Yeah. So, Can you give me one specific example of something that you have completely felt paralyzed by? Well, books and. Um, like what, what was the book about? Well, the books, a lot of times it, I was really sick and. Mm -hmm. So health, health related and cookbooks, because I had to really learn how to eat differently. And they're 
just some of them are really big reference you know I just really learned this way to change my life but it just changed my health yeah and so it just felt okay. like that was so impactful and meaningful yes yeah. okay so a couple of things is I totally relate to that like I, I can totally relate to having attachments to things. A lot of times it'll, it's something that will represent a part of my life that was really important or maybe a turning point for me, or I look back with such fondness on who I kind of used to be in that moment um, mm-hmm. and what that meant. Uh, so, so I just want to validate that those things really are hard. My number one advice, and maybe you've already done this, but my number one advice and all of this is complicated by the fact that you're moving in 11 days. <laughs> but my number one advice on that is to remember not to start with that stuff. Like to start with the, you know, like you said, you repeat to yourself, do the easy stuff first, right? So, so remember, let's talk about what the easy stuff is. The easy stuff is literal trash, like actual trash that I don't know why I have it, but it needs to go, you know, and so, because the problem is if you, if you know that that sentimental stuff is in there, it's easy to just, it feels easier to just ignore it, like to just step away. Cause I don't want to go through there. Cause I know I'm going to feel this way. And so I don't want to open it up. I don't want to look through it because it's going to be hard. Okay. But to say, I am literally just going to look for the trash trash because generally getting the trash out of there is going to make it take up less space. It's going to get rid of something and it's going to take less space. So I'm more likely to actually be able to keep it um, or start with the other stuff, you know, start, if, if you need to get going, start with the cleaning products, you know, that we just talked about instead of worrying first about the stuff that's out in that, you know, storage unit that, you know, is going to rip your heart out to get rid of be like, okay, well, what in here is super obvious and I can just get it out of here because that's going to start building your momentum. And the momentum is going to, first of all, free up space where you possibly could keep some things, or it's going to um, make things look different to you when you get to it, because you're going to go, okay, I got rid of that and it made my life better, which means I kind of like my life being better which means that the, this stuff now looks a little easier to me now. Cause I'm like, well, if I get rid of that, my life will be that much better. And then that building upon itself means that by the time you get to that really difficult stuff, it looks different. Does, does that make sense? Yes, it, it, it does. It, it's sort of like building a muscle. It is building. Yes. <laughs> it's building yeah. a muscle. And uh, I, I've heard that before and I'm, really hoping <laughs> it starts working for me. Uh, well, and also know that, you know, as far as books go, my guess is that when you were super into this in your life, like when this was the number one thing in your life that was consuming you, you probably gathered a lot of things for that, correct? Like it probably wasn't just one or two books. It was probably Ooh, this book might help. This book might help. This book might help. Did you gather like that? Yes. Okay. So there are probably books in there that helped more than other ones did. So, you know, again, it's that container concept thing of, okay, this is the box that I have that I can devote to books. 
And so I'm going to go through these books from this phase of my life. And I'm just going to, at a glance, go that one right there. I loved that book. It brings back a lot of memories. And I'm going to put that in my box. That's a happy feeling, right? Right. Yeah. And then you go through and you think, okay, oh, that one right there. I really loved that one. Oh, that one I loved. And by the time the box is full, you've had all happy feelings of picking out your favorites. And then the box is full. It makes the decision on how many you can keep. And then you look at the other ones and you go, well, I've already decided that they're less favorite than these. And there are probably some in there that were supposed that promised really big and didn't deliver very well, right? Yes. Or some of them I never bought to. And that's sort of like, oh, I spent money on this and I was going to get around to reading it. And I, again, the intent is like, oh. But you still accomplished your goal, correct? That you were, you still changed your life. I did. Yeah. I did. So, so ultimately. Topic. Yeah. yeah well, of course. Yeah. We've all got lots of topics. <laughs> but, but that, those books that you didn't ever get to those are guilt. Those are not necessarily sentimental attachment. They're guilt. Well, you don't have, you're not going to pay storage space money to store guilt. Okay. So because you achieved your goal, right. <laughs> you achieved your goal. You made it. We're going to keep the things that will be referenced later, but I have filled up the box that I can devote to books and that's it. Okay. And everything else has to go. And then remember, you know, I'm, I'm guessing if you changed your life, that you've also tried to help other people who wanted to change their lives. Right. Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, let those people find these books in a thrift store. <laughs> I mean, there may be people who it literally changes their life to find these books in a thrift store. And, and so that book can go on and help somebody else, you know, who knows, maybe they wouldn't have changed their life for, fourteen ninety five at the bookstore, but at the thrift store, they might for a dollar. <laughs> Right. <laughs> you know, right. I mean, it's not ideal. I mean, I wish we could keep everything, but the reality is ultimately your life's going to be easier if you purge down to the limits of the space that you actually have, which for you is two storage units and an RV. And you don't want the RV to be a storage unit. No, I don't want, no. I, I actually don't want two uh, offsite storage units. I just want no. just one because that's the only one I think we could actually move. Yeah. This one second one is hopefully just temporary where after we get through here. Well, and the other, have you read Decluttering at the Speed of Life? Yes. Okay. So, you know, in that I talk about, and this is where you don't, you're not an ideal situation because you don't know what the house is going to be like that you're going to move into. But do you have a general idea on square footage of what size, you don't have to say it, but what size house you imagine that you'll be moving into in an ideal world? we'll be moving into a house that's actually at least as big as what we have and it will have more room I don't know why we need so much room but we're do plan on having a bigger space okay so but even with the space if you go into I think U-Haul has one and other you know moving companies different companies have them as far as like figuring out how many boxes you should order for your space, for your home, do that according to the house that you think you're going to have. Okay. So like, let's say that 
you are in, and this is just made up numbers, but like, let's say you're in a 2000 square foot house now, and you're hoping to go to a house that's 2,500 square feet. Okay. So looking at their calculator for how many boxes would I need for a 2,500 square foot house? Because when they are calculating that, they're calculating that on a home that is not packed with storage clutter. You know, they're calculating that on a home that's completely livable and just has what it needs, as opposed to what I was doing when I moved, which was a whole lot of extra stuff, you know, that I really didn't need. And so I had enough stuff that I really needed a 3,500 square foot house. And yet I was actually moving out of a 1,700 square foot house. You know, I mean, so, you know, letting, letting that number of boxes be like, okay, it could help you. It might even just be the fact of, I'm not going to want to store this stuff from these two storage units that I'm cleaning out. I'm not going to want to store that in my new house. I'd want to actually have a place for it. Right. So if I'm going to actually have a place for it, let me check with the box calculator and see how much it says that I should have and then figure out what do I already have. And then I can only have, I don't feel like I'm making any sense. Do you know what I mean though? Like, I don't think I'm making sense. No, I think, yeah, I think I mean <laughs> I know because once I have that number of boxes, it again it becomes a container. And, it is a container, yes. And and I can go through and say and do a countdown. I have like just the countdown, like I have nine or eleven days left, and now I have you know I've already used this many boxes, and I'm coming to the end of that. And yes it's easier to picture this big of a space to fill up than a huge 10 by 20. Right. An imaginary endless thing. Yes, exactly. So when you have just a box, okay, then I can start putting stuff in that box and going, okay, this box is full. Wait a minute. Now I've only got five boxes left. I put stuff in there that actually didn't deserve to be. It, It just, that forced boundaries helps your brain to like, it takes the pressure off of those decisions because it's the box that's making the decision, not me. I'm not assessing the value of each item. I'm accepting the realities of the space that I have. Well, I feel like we have gone and we are getting close to being out of time. Let's see. I do want to talk about, you did mention um, adult ADD, right? Are you willing to talk about that? Sure. Okay. Um, and you were diagnosed as an adult, correct? Yes. Okay. And I know, you know, I always tell people that my lovely listeners and readers are forever diagnosing me with ADHD. Um, <laughs> I'm sure I could be. Um, you know, I, I have done a course for continuing education for mental health professionals about um, using my strategies with ADHD because they tend to work well. And these forced decisions is part of that. Like that, accepting the reality of it's going to be helpful for you to have a forced decision, to have a, you know, an end time on that um, is, is going to be helpful for you. Also that, you know, the very definite steps to follow of looking for trash first, even if you're sure there's no trash, even if you're sure everything's sentimental, go ahead and have the trash bag in your hand so that you can look for trash first, you know, um, those kinds of things. But I do, do you, um, do you take medication? Yes. Okay. And do you find that to be really helpful? No. (laughs) (laughs) 
Are you taking it currently or? Yes. Okay. <laughs> well, I would say at least take it in all this time that you're working on stuff. <laughs> I've tried many, yeah, I'm trying, I, um, yeah, the medication, I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of taking medication, yeah. the doctor says. I know, me neither. Well, your question for me was techniques to help with focus, and I would say all of my techniques are to help me with my focus, <laughs> you know, everything I've written about in my books and stuff, but having, for me, it's having that five-step process and actually following that five-step process, you know, the trash, the easy stuff, the duh, the asking the two questions, you know, go ahead and pick that item up, even though you're sure it's going to be too sentimental and ask yourself those two concrete questions of if I needed this item, where would I look for it first? And if you can't answer that, then ask the second question, would it ever occur to me that I already had one? You know, so having concrete steps is what helps me stay focused. Sometimes I've got this strange energy and I don't have to really think about them. But it, as soon as I get stuck, as soon as I feel overwhelmed, I go back to the concrete steps at any point in the process. And then that helps me. Okay. And before we go, I do want to hear what's your favorite thing about being a patron of the show? I do. I love the podcast. I'm, I love getting little perks of the uh, Patreon members only. I love the Kindred Spirits uh, Facebook group, secret, super secret group <laughs> that you can be part of. Uh, so I, um, I, it's, it's a plus, plus, plus. Well, good, good. Well, I hope this has been helpful. I don't know. I feel like I'm rambling and I do not envy you in this situation. 11 days, you are under a lot of stress and you've spent an hour with me during that 11 days. <laughs> it's a boost of energy and wow. I that. it's such a boost of fresh air and, and help and I really appreciate it. Well, I hope you'll um, keep us updated in the Kindred Spirits group about how it's going and um, I think you'll get cheered on a lot there. Yes. in this whole process. Okay. How'd you guys like that session? I hope that you really got something out of that. I can completely relate to just some of those feelings of being overwhelmed. So I hope it was helpful for you guys. Um, I just wanted to remind you one more time, if you would like to be a patron of the show, you can go to patreon.com slash a slob comes clean. We would love to have you. Okay. I'll talk to you guys next week.